In the darkest depths of the Twist My Arm Network, there were three nerdy dudes. But they were no ordinary dudes. These dudes were Marvel fanboy dudes. They bleed Marvel. If there was ever a time for these three nerdy dudes to come out of the shadows and spew all their Marvel chunks, it was the year 2021. We are the Marvel Canon Madness Podcast. Hello. Welcome to Marvel Canon Madness. My name is Josh. I am the forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Um, we are here today to talk all about Marvel, but more specifically, all about Loki episode three. Lamenti, lament, lament, lamenti, something uh, lamentous. There it is, man. I'm already botching this. No, it's fine. Um, thank you for joining us live on wherever you're watching us. We are on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Every week, you can catch us on Wednesdays at eight o'clock live on one of those platforms, and you can join us for the chat. You can also leave us a voicemail. Um, at 50893twist and either leave us a voicemail or you could join us up on the uh, on the chat. I do have the phone lines open when we are live. They are closed when we are not live, so the voicemail is there, but they're open when we are live. So if you ever want to call in 50893twist, uh, you can get a hold of Marvel, Marvel Cannon Madness on Instagram at Marvel Cannon Madness. And on Twitter at MCM underscore pod. Today, I am joined by my lovely two co-hosts. They are always here. Their names are Chip and Roy. Chip, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I am so stoked to talk Loki. So, Roy, how are you doing today? Busy. (laughs) I literally just finished the episode, maybe... 20 minutes ago. Nice. You mean your third watch through, right? With notes? Uh, <laughs> it was technically my, it's my second, but it's, it was more like my first because the first one was actually broken up into multiple pieces. Cause I was trying to, you know, during lunch in the morning, you know, dealing with sure. kids, sure, you know, sure. life happens. So it, yep, it, that, it, that it was my first episode with peace and quiet. Oh, ah. So that I could gotcha. focus and take notes. Gotcha. Good, good. I did wake up early this morning and watch the episode, and then I watched it again after work today. So I did get two watch throughs, and uh, I am so excited to talk about this episode. Um, yeah, yeah. But before we get into that, we're going to flip things around a little bit. We are going to do our marvelous shout-outs at the beginning of the show because I feel like our wonderful listeners and watchers deserve shout-outs and all of our supporters. Speaking of that, thank you, Jesse and Angie T89 for joining us in the chat. It is great to see you. Um, and to all the future people coming in, joining us from the multiverse later on, thank you as well for joining us. Um, first up, I want to start out by giving a big shout out to measure the score podcast. Um, they were just, uh, I just interviewed the two hosts, Chris and Leslie for the TMA network. 
Um, that episode drops tomorrow, Thursday, June 24th at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, like you were saying, Roy, as you have been busy, I have also been busy. Um, I got yeah. off work, watched Loki again, and then finished editing the Measuring the Score interview and uploading it, and then finished preparing the notes for the show. <laughs> um, but it was all worth it because the interview is a ton of fun. Um, those guys are great. Leslie is a professional geologist, and uh, Chris is an actual professional like film score guy. He does a lot of film scores. He's got his own IMDb. It's <laughs> very cool. Um, so check that out anywhere. By the time this is up on podcast, you can definitely find the episode. Just go to twistmodernpodcast.com, and it'll be up there. Chip, do you have any shout-outs this week? I do. <clears throat> I do. I'm going to go ahead and uh, shout out a, another cosplay enthusiast because as let's see in all the cosplays, people are really good at it, really on point with it. Uh, so this week I want to shout out the Geek Strong. It's uh, spelled just how it sounds. Uh, I would search on IG or TikTok. Uh, it's just T-H-E-G-E-E-K-S-T-R-O-N-G. Uh, and he does mad collaborations like he does such good photog of like so many different cosplayers like it definitely worth a follow you're always going to see something interesting something creative so mad shout out there word roy do you have any shout outs this week uh you know i i've been i stream a lot so uh mm. I've been making a lot more friends and I'll give a shout out to uh Carney Sideshow on Twitch. They are a great variety channel. They do all kinds of stuff related to tabletop games, but they also do, you know, a lot of improv and uh, reviews of books. They they're all over the place, but it generally has to do with tabletop role playing games, so it's a great watch, very active with the community. I would highly suggest going and checking them out. Word. Cool. Well, that is awesome. Thank you guys for the shout outs. Um, next on the show would be the time for corrections. Do you guys have any corrections from last week's show? No, I do not. I, uh, I almost did, you know, for a second there. I thought I was going to have to apologize to Roy and tell him that his uh, prediction was correct. But uh, the third episode proved that I don't have to do that. So, no, I don't have any corrections. Do you have a correction, Roy? Uh, no, but I'm willing to take a bet now. Oh. Well, I mean, all right. If you wanted to. All right. If you want to take another bet on something that's already been established, I suppose we can. Like, I'm going to go ahead and double down and say that, like, you know, they kind of mashed the Enchantress's stuff into Sylvie. But that's, even yeah. Sylvie herself said that she was a Loki variant. So she did. She did. Yeah. But at the same time, this is the MCU's version of the Enchantress, I believe. All right, so I mean, like potato, potato. So like we agree, but we disagree. So like, yeah. I guess so. You wear the costume then? No, I mean so... I feel like this one is not really a bet. We just like you know we have different interpretations of it at this point. You're right. Um, 
So no corrections then. I guess no, no corrections then. Not that I can think of, but if someone brings it up, I will gladly apologize and correct myself. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to mention yeah, that because I, sure. I was real close to apologizing to Roy. I was like, oh, man, I I totally said that he was wrong, but it looks like he might be right. But then we got episode three. so yeah. Still partially right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it at face value. You're halfway there. <laughs> well, before we get into too many more spoilers, definitely remember anyone watching right now, these or listening right now, this is a heavy, heavy spoiler episode for Loki episode three. If you have not seen the episode yet, turn this off, go watch it, then come back and finish watching the episode. Um, again, spoilers, spoilers. But yeah, let's get right into this. This is Loki episode three uh, on Disney+. Plus. It is called Lamentis, which is great because of all the lamenting that goes on in this episode. Right. Uh, isn't that ironic? Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Um, so I wrote my own synopsis again this week because whatever, there's nothing on IMDb. So here we go. Loki follows the variant through a time door that ends up leading to the TVA headquarters. After plans go awry, Loki and his lady variant find themselves trapped on a doomed moon in the year 2077, Lamentus 1. The two headstrong tricksters must work together to find a way out of their apocalyptic situation. So, right away. The, oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm, I, golf you know, club. <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, but right away, the opening scene is Lady Loki um, in, enchanting the TVA um, guard. In the it was like it was like they were in a restaurant drinking margaritas, talking about brain freezes. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your guys' initial first thoughts of that opening of this? this episode chip let's start with you honestly my first thought was like man i kind of want to get a slushy and see if that's accurate (laughs) okay i mean is that real science is that accurate probably Hmm. probably not i don't know she because she's like all you got to do is not think about it basically right right she but yeah i feel like she knows that uh she knows that that's not accurate because she's challenging her to like just spit out an answer. So probably not. Um, yeah. So I thought it was good. Um, the the music in the background and the confusion that uh, what's her name B twenty. Yep. Was her name? Um, I think C twenty actually isn't it? C twenty. Okay. Well, whatever twenty she is. Yeah. Um, as we now know, we know. Um, but the the confusion she showed on her face as they blipped was a really good playoff by Sylvie in the fact that, hey, you're trying to remember something at the time. You didn't remember it right. It's because of the brain freeze you just had. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really smooth transition to her immediately asking, you know, how long have we been friends? Oh, so long. And then it's like right into, 
so how do you get to the Time Lords? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, wait, what? It, this isn't real, you know? And she she leads into this later when she explains enchanting as well. So I was gonna say it's a, it was a very good insight on her powers, mm-hmm. albeit it was a little confusing at first because you're like, wait, what's going on? But then after watching it the second time, I was like, oh, this is actually like what she meant by some people are more headstrong and you have to fight it and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> convince them that what you're doing is real, you know, and. There is a point later when we do see her try to use her powers on someone else. And it just doesn't work at all. And that's that's partially due. And you see the powers start to work, like the green flash. So mm-hmm. I don't think powers are entirely cut off in the TVA. I think the longer you're there, the more it dampens it. Well, I think... Didn't you see Loki... Also, like, his powers kind of did his thing. Like, it sparked a little bit when he was trying to do something, or did it do nothing? When he tried to summon his daggers, there was nothing. They didn't just blip. Because they do that little green sheen and appear. Okay. Well, I I feel like Loki had the collar on him. So, like, I had attributed his power not working to the collar. Um, Hmm. And so, like, she definitely didn't have a collar, but her power still didn't work. So, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. They work differently in the uh, whatever verse that is, the quantum yeah. realm. So, I, I also know. feel like maybe their magic is powered differently as well. Like, maybe yeah. Sylvie's is powered more through a uh, more primal anger kind of situation because she talks about that later maybe yeah uh, but well and, um yeah for sure that might be why loki's is more powerful as he doesn't have to rely on an emotion to get it to work right um chip well maybe maybe loki's power didn't work because of the caller and her power didn't work because you can't enchant somebody that's already enchanted Ooh, i like that one so, like, it's just think, a misdirect. Like, her power totally works, but you can't enchant somebody that's already enchanted. Do you think they're enchanted, though? I thought... Mentally I, warped. I mean, Mobius uh, is pretty zealous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So is Renslayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may All be right. some sort of uh, mind control as well. I mean, clearly they think they were just created by this thing, so I don't know. Dude, yeah. Chip, you're absolutely right. It was Agatha all along. She's just mm-hmm. controlling everyone. That's incredible. I'm. We're done. We're done. This is great, guys. Yeah. Um, have have a good rest of your night. Uh, See you next time, you marvelous monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I noticed about this episode right away: there is no Owen Wilson, which was kind of wow. sad for me. Yeah, it, it made yeah. me a little sad that he didn't even make one little appearance um, yeah it was a real big moment for loki and lady loki i guess sylvie um it was a just a huge character building episode this was see this is where 
Captain and Falcon, so Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier went wrong because they did their character development an episode before the season finale, whereas this episode or this show is doing their character development, you know, midway, midway through, through the season. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was I I did really enjoy all of the. I don't know all the stories, the different stories you hear from both of these characters from basically beginning to end, I feel like, because you go through the opening scene where there's a, a sweet fight and yep. um, Loki sends them off to a different apocalypse with his time. What, what, what do they keep calling that? The Oh, geez, the pad. my light off the Tempad. Yeah, the Tempad. Yes. Yeah. So he gets gets Tempad and they fall into this different um what what like time i guess time period it's a different apocalypse again um they go to uh lamentous one yeah they, and they drop into a bunker pretty much and start hearing well i guess they start fighting again quarreling and uh, i feel like it was a mining shack actually yeah essentially okay. it looked like a mining yeah. It was equipment and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is funny because they've got to dig themselves out of this predicament. <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh-huh. Jeez. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> nice. Happy Father's Day, Roy. I hope it was a Thank good one. Thank you. <laughs> um, I get so, to make yeah, dad jokes. Right. <laughs> um, so the first thing, first thing that I noticed once they... Once they realize that they're on this planet where the moon is crashing into them, how Majora's Mask is this? All we needed was the big face with the teeth on the moon falling into this planet. All I could think of was was Zelda the whole time. <laughs> but, um, so what? What basically? What did you think of this planet? I mean, it, it's not even a planet; it's a moon. And it's all purple, and this is exactly the planet that was in the trailers, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's all purple and whatever. Um, Roy, what, what did you what did you think of this when, when you first started seeing these asteroids fall in and all the purple and stuff? Well, all right. So there was a scene here where the the moon is just in full view, the green moon up above, and it's beautiful scenery. I mean, Marvel is... So Guardians of the Galaxy did a great job with their space odyssey look and feel and the galaxies that they traveled through. And this... I hope this is legitimately the beginning of the multiverse and how it's going to look. Because if this is the the landscaping we get for Doctor Strange 2, uh, it it amps me up. I'm getting super hyped for that movie. I mean, there's just so much to it and the coloring and the soundtrack in the background makes it even better. I mean, they've got the, the synth going entirely through this and I don't think we're getting any more folk music, you know, folk music, Thor or Loki. And then immediately, like a little bit later, we do get that, but if I it leaves me speechless. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it is gorgeous. 
Yeah, I'll agree with that there. That was, like, they, I don't know, spared no expense. I was, I don't know, I kept, like, you guys read it. I kept making the joke in the chat, like, man, this episode was the best Marvel movie I've seen. Like, dude, like, everything was just so on point. They're really good. Uh, before, yeah. like, I, I don't want to gloss over, uh, before uh, they got to this planet, at the very start of the episode, you, um, when you see, like, the TVA arrive at the shelter that she's, like, mind-scanning C20 mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. she, like, mm-hmm. had just finished. So, uh, so, like, she's kind of playing it by ear as well. I don't think this, I don't think any of the, this according to plan like she wasn't ready to go to the tba yet necessarily like she was not happy to see the tba and Loki show up right when they did so <laughs> oh yeah i feel like that was an interesting like point to not gloss over like yeah. Loki did figure out where she was hiding like before she wanted them to figure it out so that's i thought that was interesting would you have to say roy I think there is a lot, a lot of points in this episode that catches Sylvie off guard. I mean, it's it's not just... Um, I think the entire Loki being in, uh, in her presence now is catching her off guard on so many levels, not because they're so similar, but because they're so different. You know... Um, he he there's a moment when loki calls her a carbon photocopy of him you know i couldn't let a photocopy have my name and she's like i don't care i don't want it it's like that's not the mentality of a loki a loki wants to be a loki kind of thing you know so it shows you the variance eh? <laughs> the difference in the variance yeah, and I think it, I mean, I, I really, really think that this leads up into Thor and Love and Thunder. I think that this variant, that Lady Loki, Sylvie now, is um, actually Lady Thor's, you know, sister. That, that's kind of that's my, like, she comes from that universe or whatever. Um, but I, mean, I that- did really like Makes Sorry. sense. That makes sense. Oh. I can see that. Um, that's something I could bet on by the by the end of this. That could be a that could be like a six month bet. Oh man, imagine the anticipation. But <laughs> um, what are you thinking, Roy? <laughs> I'm almost willing to take the bet that she becomes the enchantress and becomes a villain. Maybe because she doesn't want to take the Loki name, maybe she takes the name the Enchantress. Because, all right, so in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we got non-Cap, right? The U.S. agent now, and he is going to be in future endeavors, I believe. Correct. So they're I taking care. I think like you're I- muted. Potentially, I think. We- I think I just talked over you. Sorry. I think potentially he uh, might be in future ones, but like I heard he wasn't necessarily going to sign on for more because he like did not like all the internet hate. 
He wasn't yeah. ready for it. Well, <laughs> he should have been. Even, even if they him. don't, it leaves a lot of room for the Disney Plus series characters to become mm-hmm. more Marvel movie characters. Oh, and I absolutely. could see Sylvie going in and being a legitimate villain in a future endeavor. I like or your point, you... too, of the different cap. So there was um, not only was there cap and anti-cap, but there was also Wanda and anti-Wanda with Agatha. So now you mm-hmm. got Loki and anti-Loki. Yep. So that's that's a very good point. And if, they, if they're following oh. that same trend then it would make sense and they could all be from different multiverses you know what i mean somehow they've gotten put into this universe or whatever um was that did i take your point roy i'm sorry no 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 no. <laughs> you actually you, you lit a light bulb in my head we know we're getting what if the what if uh-huh. trailer has dr strange versus anti-dr strange sure and we know it. that that's coming out soon so that's part of this phase yeah you know, and I kind of said, oh, man, the, the time bomb. What if the time bomb is like all of the what ifs? And I was looking at the calendar again. And if like Black Widow hadn't been delayed like, several times, it wouldn't be coming out between Loki and what if. Like it, it was supposed to be Loki and then what if. So that like mm-hmm. they might be the time bomb like areas that she like lit off like all these different like branches now that could still be a thing uh and i think you might have a point she might decide to become the enchantress uh, but i mean i don't i don't feel strongly enough against that to bet i was uh i was more like dead set on the fact that she was indeed a loki variant so like i'm not so concerned with like what she identifies herself as I was just like very sure that she was a variant and not like yeah. the enchantress disguising herself. Cause like the you TVA know, would know you can't hide from yeah. the TVA. That makes me wonder, did they throw that? Cause, Oh, you know how much Disney knows that their fans dissect oh, yeah. everything. Everything is dissected everything. He, even the credits last week um, <laughs> after our show, I had sent you a message Mm-hmm. With a picture of the the dubbed credits, it was like the Korean dub credits, and instead of the actress playing the variant, the actress was playing Sylvie. Yep. So even before we knew her name, they had basically threw that name in there. I wonder if they did that on purpose to throw everyone off for a week because this whole week I've been like, yeah, it's totally Sylvie. She's the enchantress. Right. Like it's gotta yeah. be. You know, and I was talking like, man, Marvel's sleeping. I can't believe how many times they like revealed that her name is Sylvie. Like, Roy Wilson Wright is the enchantress. Like, I bet they did that shit on purpose and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys can go ahead and release those toys. Go for it. <laughs> just trolling us now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, man. Brilliant. Quicksilver. Okay. <laughs> you see, there's, there's a really good point to this, and it's, you know, her enchanting powers don't work on Loki, but her enchanting powers work on those of weak of will. And you immediately, I am, I immediately thought, Oh, those are going to work on Thor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. He's, he's bright. 
he's intelligent, but I think he has a low wisdom score. <laughs> now, what? here's a question. What percentage chance do you think that all of the events on Lamentis are actually just an elaborate illusion because she was able to enchant Loki and Ooh. we're just seeing the elaborate illusion that she's setting up to, like, get whatever she wants out of him? What percentage chance do you think that might be the case? That's a good theory. It is not too shabby. Hey, things but I on, do like things on Lamentus just keep like, like it, it seems like it's definitely on a scale, and it's like very much sloping downwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Uh, like almost conveniently so. Yeah. Um, I do like that you bring back the point uh, that Sylvie tries to enchant Loki and can't, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You can't, you can't do that. I'm too strong-minded for that." Um, and then later on, you find out that she can take control of the of strong minds. It just takes a lot more work. Mm-hmm. No, um, I mean like they. They might still be in the, uh, like they might still be in that shelter, as she's enchanting him, because like yeah, if you're if you've got somebody in like the opening act of an illusion, like get them more ripped in by like convincing them that they can't be tricked by that illusion. So like, while they're already in it, you convince them that they can't be in it, and then like boom, they're not even trying to get out. Like they might. I mean, there's a chance that they're just still I, in the I, shelter, and she's like enchanting him for some reason. I don't know. I, I think it's I a really think, low chance, no, but I think it's like an interesting no. like. No I way. Could, I could totally get on board the thought, but it just seems like if she has him enchanted, why isn't she already leaving? Because her whole thing is she wants the temp pad. Yeah, we have. Yeah, she, it doesn't seem like she's like trying to get any info out of him yet. Hmm. Well, let's go back to we were just like at the very beginning of this episode. We, we've <laughs> gone through all of Enchantress's powers because that's what I'm just going to call her. Because by, you know, by the end, she's going to be like, I don't I'm not a trickster. I'm not the god of mischief. I'm the Enchantress. Yep. I mean, and new and costume. Think, <laughs> many, yeah. And think of how we'll many have times, a Scarlet Witch moment. Yep. <laughs> she's she and Loki and her like the amount of times that they say enchant or some variant of enchant. Yep. It's just like in last episode where they kept saying he, he this, he this, the variant, he yeah. this, and yeah. it's like so I, obvious that it's not a he by the by the time you get there that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they were just shoving that down our throats. Um I heard a crazy theory before we went live that this is a Xandar mining colony and that this could be one of the big Xandar, uh, like, what would you call it? Apocalypses, I guess. Or, um, I don't know. It's uh, something that could bring about um, Adam Warlock. Mm. It's crazy theory, crazy theory, but okay. 
they 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 all point to the gun that this next lady has that comes into the episode when they're walking up to the house and enchant sorry sylvie just breaks down the door and the lady just blasts her with his gun and it looks Swamp. yeah and it looks very similar to guns that zandarians use um and hmm. that sort of thing I think I think they were trying to reference it to it's the new colony for Xandar because Xandar got destroyed by Thanos in in uh, whatever year the Infinity War was, um, and it was like this year was twenty seventy seven that they're in. Um, yeah, Lamentus One is twenty seventy seven, and uh, in Xandar would have been destroyed in whatever. <laughs> 2019 or something like that so and if you're if you're a displaced colony that got destroyed or from a civilization that got destroyed lamentous makes sense as the name of it because you're like lamenting your fate and the loss of your entire civilization that's (laughs) i mean that's an interesting theory like that all right all right (laughs) yeah um, I'm sure you'll see it once you start watching breakdown videos and stuff like that. You'll see it all over the place. They I, they ref there was a reference to a comic where the moon is exploding and stuff like that. So, and yes, and... Jesse, they did have the warlock cocoon in Guardians of the Galaxy too. I don't think that was the Zandarians though. It was the gold people that were like playing video games to chase after. Um, what's what's their name? The Guardians. The lady. Yeah, weren't those? It's the end credit scene where she's like, "We have something more powerful that can defeat them, or whatever." And it's the Adam Warlock cocoon, or it looks mm. like a cocoon. Um, God, I can't remember um, what that. They call themselves what? the Sovereign in Guardians. Sovereign. The Sovereign. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So, I mean, I guess they could be the sovereign people of Xandar. <laughs> or, again, Marvel likes to change things around because, you know, like like you were saying, this this is going to be the Marvel's version of the Enchantress, just like mm. we got Marvel's mm-hmm. version of um, the Power Broker <clears throat> and then any other character that Marvel has made a different version of. Um, but... I I liked I liked how he tried to play this lady, how Loki tried to play this lady and like become her husband. And she, he's like he's like, "Oh, I I've missed you. You're just as beautiful." And like as soon as he says something nice, she blasts him. Yeah. And she's like, "He would have never said anything nice in 30 years, something like that." And it's just like, "Oh man, you guys both. How did you guys both miss that?" I the, I kind of have mischief. Yeah, I had that same thought. I thought that was like a really ill-conceived lie. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like as a D and D player, like who I feel like I specialize in rogues, and you got to be able to lie. Like I was like, oh my gosh, that was a horrible like ploy to try to play. You know nothing about their relationship. You don't know if she's the one that buried that dude in the dirt because he beat her. Like why would you just like I, I, I don't know. I thought that was a very bad like ploy to uh, I totally try. would have given him disadvantage on his deception check on that. 
He should have had it. The clear, like she clearly had a better perception, and just nope. The sense motive was there for her. Apparently, we should just turn this into a D and D game and be like, okay, Loki and Lady Loki walk up to a house. What do they do? Roll the dice for knock on door or something like. <laughs> I want to kick the door in. All right, roll me a strength check. You successfully yeah. kick in the door. What you didn't know is that the madame of the house is sitting behind the door with a fully loaded uh, space gun, uh, which she gets a free attack of opportunity, which oh, yeah. just, oh, holding that's a nat 20 and you're on your ass. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, yeah, so so they basically just bring her in there to show that the Lokis are desperate and are trying to do anything they can to charge this uh time thing um uh, again it was also a good note to the differences in their demeanor and mentalities sure she's um, a rock and sock loki and he's a more gentle i'm gonna trick you into getting what i want yeah real quick lamentous one i was checking to see if it had any uh relevance actually in the comic books and it does it is actually uh, a place in the comics of annihilation conquest prologue number one it's actually the only the only comic where it appears but it is um a place between two alien forces the annihilation wave and the phalanx fighting and the annihilation wave is led by annihilus which is a major mcu villain I mean, on scale with Kang the Conqueror and Thanos and that. So by MCU, do you mean Marvel Comics universe? Comics. Because... Yes. Yeah. Sorry. The Marvel okay. Comics, not MCU, <laughs> not the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. But it could be the Marvel Cinematic. We could possibly be getting a Annihilus and the Phalanx are a hive mind like robotic scourge. Mm. But think Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Annihilation I mean, and, like, its offshoots are my favorite Marvel event. Like, those comics are so, so like, bring Nova in. Guess Richard Ryder, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> well, they are bringing Nova in, aren't they? Isn't there I mean, already, I, like, confirmations that he's coming in? Apparently mm-hmm. coming in at some point. But, like, yeah. I don't think he's been cast yet, so, like... Ugh, I really, I gotta get in shape. Roy, look that up. See, see if that, see what's up over there. You, you got the, you got the free computer. Look that. Look that throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> the free computer. <laughs> um, that I mean, all of these shows. I still feel like all of these shows are setting up so much for the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. and they'll these these little events will be referenced in so many movies to come. Except for Black Widow, probably. Yeah. Because, duh. And I wonder how people are going to react to Black Widow. They're going to be like, well, this is this is nothing. Especially if Loki ends up being, like, the best series so far. People are going to be like, Black well, this Widow's- doesn't continue the Loki story. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> really lame. <laughs> Real quick. So, so I feel bad for Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin Feige... Uh, he has been quoted as saying the original no, um, 
Let me get this right. <laughs> there will be two Novas. The original Nova is known as Richard Ryder and is one of the greatest cosmic heroes of all time. However, the comics recently introduced a younger and new Nova, a Latino teenager named Sam Alexander. They will be having both of them, but no castings have been done. Bruh. Okay. All right. I want to play Richard Ryder. There you go. Can I start acting now? How do you start an acting (laughs) career? (laughs) You got to move to Hollywood. It's okay. It's Balls. never too late. Christopher Walken did it whenever he was like 45 or something like hey, that. Morgan Freeman started when he was 50. And I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah I've got that same rich timber. You have so much. There's so much time. You just got to move to Hollywood. That's all. Just live on the streets. Just be a starving actor. It'll be fine. Um, so Loki and Lady Loki, the Lokis, get the information they need um, from the madam of the house and they find out that well i guess lady loki knows the whole time that they're on lamentus one that the whole planet's exploding and that it's a bigger deal than than she's actually leading on because she doesn't tell loki that even if they take this train that the madam of the house tells them about the ship doesn't ever take off from this moon and Mm -hmm. everyone dies anyway so it's not all it's not until they get kicked off the train which was a really fun scene and we will definitely get to that in a minute um but before we do let's talk about the whole train scene in general they loki turns into one of the guards basically those ridiculous blue costumes (laughs) that they had that looked like i don't know a piece of carpet with a makeshift tron helmet on top of a like i don't know it was, they were weird they were weird. like a smurf fucked a cylon <laughs> it was like a smurf fucked a cylon yeah i mean i i'm getting the feeling that loki is not as tricky as he thinks he is because i mean all right seriously he turns into the guard but he leaves the helmet up and it feels like he forgets to talk to, forgets how to talk to the guard when he gets up there. So yeah. it's like, all right, your disguise checked, you know, your disguise succeeded, but you forgot to put your helmet down. So everyone, you know, realizes who you are yeah, or recognizes kind of you're not. Conversation, what kind of an awkward conversation is that when, like, I have orders from above? Uh, yeah, and he like just stutters over everything. There was no confidence in his disguise at all. And it, part of it's because he probably doesn't he doesn't know anything about where they are, so he doesn't know sure. what the what the militia or guard corps or whatever they're called. So he can't he can't be like, uh, yeah, the captain said this because maybe there's no captain, you know? Right. No, and I, I understand that, but just the 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 way he said his his lines to those guys and it was good it was brilliant to show he, how awkward he was yeah he played it off very well as like i got up here and like oh shit i i don't know anything about this uh uh yeah command said this it's right. like it was funny i don't know those costumes are my least favorite costumes in the mcu so far <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know yeah, what bad. it is about them, but they just we didn't get any helmet breakage. I mean, no, those guns look like they're 
we got a lot of oh, faces just, getting smashed yeah. in the tables. So I mean, that kind of counts, right? Mm. Yeah, I I feel like they broke some of the face shields, but they never like showed anything underneath. So yeah, I mean, we got like we got Gatorifi sticks busting stormtrooper heads, but we can't get one of these shattering on screen. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is still kind of made for kids. <laughs> Star Wars: The Mandalorian was made for the same age group. Mm, was it? Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. I guess. I mean, my kid loves Star Wars. My kid loves Marvel. It's like he's gonna watch both of them. Yeah, I don't know. I I just, in a way, I feel like Star Wars is kind of dying out when it comes to the younger generations. You know. Mm. I mean, Maybe honestly, who doesn't too. want to go wah, wah, wah with a <laughs> lightsaber? It's still every person's dream to, you know, swing one of them around. Yeah. Um, I would love to have a lightsaber, and I would also love to have knife-throwing skills. Um, <laughs> Loki does not have very good knife-throwing skills in this because he completely misses the mark. Um, He's not the god of knives. He was also drunk. Oh, he was drunk. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, speaking of getting drunk, this is the scene where Loki and Sylvie have like the most interaction and you get the mm-hmm. most backstory from them. Um, you know, they get on the train and they start talking about basically their their mothers, their love lives, their how they learn their magic. Um all sorts of things. Roy, what did you think of the conversations between um, Loki and, and Sylvie? Give us, give us your thoughts on that. And then when you're done, Chip, do the same. So the first thing I want to do is like when they're trying to get on the train. Also, there's a point where Sylvie says dressing as a guard and getting on a train is a thing. It's not a plan, you know? So she's, you can tell she's looking at the end game, but it works because when he fumbles, she picks up the slack by enchanting. Um, but once they get on, on, on the train, I'm stumbling a little bit. They, uh, they start having these conversations and you can tell that they're both scheming. Uh, it just through the dialogue this whole episode, this whole episode, there's yeah. And it's even more so right here. Like they're trying to feel each other out for information and the way they're doing it is it's cute. Um, And it's a little weird because it's like, well, you're kind of flirting with yourself, you know, it's, but I've, I do feel like their entire conversation started with the mom and that got Loki to open up real quick mm-hmm. because he likes to talk about his mom because he cared for his mom. And the way he talked about caring, I think got Sylvie to open up because she didn't have that interaction. So she says, you know, learning all that stuff from her mom or parents for that matter. And she oh, immediately changes the thing to love. Mm. And, you know, she admits that there's there's someone for her. 
you know, that it's now just a point that she wishes she could go back to. So we know that, and my theory is maybe it's Thor because Enchantress had a thing for Thor in the comics. Yeah. Because technically know. they're not, they're not really related for one. Yeah, it's, they're adopted. It's like being step siblings. It's fine. Well, yeah, just don't go diving into a, a dryer or anything getting stuck. Yeah, it's just it's marble. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it, part of me feels like maybe that's who she lost and that's why she and she, yes, Jesse is right. She knows she's adopted. That was like so, the first thing they started with because he was so intrigued with the fact that her parents told her that she was adopted and his never told him that he was adopted until he was older. He was like, your parents told you you were adopted? That's messed up. Tell me more. Yeah. And then it kind of just spirals from there. I just, I feel like that love is going to play a huge role in Thor of Love and Thunder. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think Sylvie's going to be Enchantress and Thor. All right, all right. That I'm I'm almost convinced of it at this point by the way she talks. I kept seeing things that like this scene confirmed that Loki was bisexual, but uh that's like not what I got from the dialogue at all. Like the mm-hmm. line she says something um she says something about like like some no, this, you've this had issues completely... like some with princesses, some with princes. But I feel like, like when, but I feel like when he hears complications with princes, he's thinking like all the issues he's had with Thor. Or at least that's what I thought. So like I no I don't know. no she was she was talking about all the offers that he's had. Yeah, she, she was like, "You're a prince. I'm sure you've had princesses suitors. and yeah, suitors like princesses and maybe princes even." And he's like, yes, both actually, but none ever really stuck. Mm-hmm. So I go watch that scene again. Yeah, I'll go back and watch, it really, back and watch really... it again because I was like, I I feel like I didn't get that. I like thought he was like being cheeky and referencing Thor, like the issues. Yeah, I I didn't really like I, oh, yeah. I understood it, but like it wasn't a shock to me because like if you read the comics. And you know even a little bit of Norse he's, mythology. He's gender fluid, or he's something gender or fluid. Or... So you know no, he's yeah, he identify he can identify as a a man, a woman, a horse, a tea kettle. He can identify as anything he wants. Um, yeah. and that that no, absolutely. I, should, That's I like shouldn't totally an established thing. I just I just was like from that dialogue. I was like, That's not the implication I got from that, but that's what everybody's yeah. saying. So I was like, huh. Okay. But like, yeah, no, that's definitely a thing. Like he's Yeah. He she I, it it varies like yeah. yeah. His his pronouns can be whatever he feels like them to be. And that's awesome that he that he, she, or they can identify freely with however they feel. And I don't think that that really makes them bisexual. Um, because he could 
he could identify as a different gender too in the long run. And I might have this convoluted thought that doesn't make sense because I don't, I might be a little ignorant in the ways of all of our pronouns and everything in the modern day society. And I respect everyone for their decisions and what they do. And I'm still learning. So it's like, to me, when they did this, I was more thinking from the point of view of lore that yes, he was already bisexual in lore. So it didn't seem like a huge reveal to me. Yeah. So it, it didn't ring out as, uh, ring I don't out think as it pronounced. Was, maybe that, maybe that's what it was because like, it wasn't like any new info. So I was just kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll watch the scene again. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, I think it's just supposed to be implied. Um, you can kind of view it however you would like to view it. Um, Jesse says, gender and sexuality are considered independent of one another. This character seems to be fluid in both, um, yep. which makes sense. So, And I would, yeah, like to take, I would like to take a real quick chance. You know, this was not meant to offend anyone with what I said. It was, <laughs> like not. I said, I am somewhat ignorant in it uh, because... As a person, I identify as straight, male, you know, I, I'm i still learning all those. Uh, there's multitudes of people out there, but like I said, we're welcoming to everyone. Uh, we love you guys all the same. There was no offense meant at all in this. And we're also always looking for uh, people to learn from. If you'd ever like to come and chat with us about this sort of thing, if you're very knowledgeable in this subject... Hit us up, twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get you in an interview, and we'll all have a, a good discussion where we ask questions, and it's all very civil, and, and it's I would love to learn more about that stuff as well. Um, Definitely. So let's uh, let's go on from, from this conversation. They basically, they're fighting resting. The whole time they're fighting resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like... You know, eventually, Loki finally convinces Sylvie that, all right, just just take a break. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to drink all of the champagne, and you can go to sleep, and we'll just rest our own way. You can rest your own way. So she decides to fall asleep, and he decides to get wasted and sing Asgardian um, folk songs on mm. the train with all of the... He, he had to have, like... <clears throat> Well, would you, enchanted them maybe, <clears throat> or put a spell on them so they knew what was going on. Because there's no way those people knew all the words to those songs and how to play them. He had to have like done something with their lines. charmed them. He might charmed not have them. There you go. There's there's a different difference between like charming, enchanting, and dominating. Um, and well, okay. in it, there is. I mean, like charming is just gaining the trust and making someone like you. Enchanting is being able to control someone's actions, but making them feel like it's their own. And dominating is just sheer, you know, control without any for uh, fight back. Right, would be the best way to think of it. Right, um, and I guess maybe these people did know his songs, or maybe he just sang them so many times mm-hmm. that they all knew the words by the time Sylvie wakes up. Go on, Roy. So, uh, Marvel, the MCU, 
is Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Punisher still considered canon for the MCU? We're not quite sure yet because they did take them from Netflix, but they have also announced that John Bernthal is coming back for another Punisher series yep. on who. All right. So, so with possible, that, it could be canon. A good reference to domination would be would be Purple Man from Jessica mm-hmm. Jones and how his victims have no control, but they're awake and they know what they're doing. Mm. That would be uh, domination. Ugh, that sounds terrible. That just like puts a knot in my stomach just hearing that because mm. that uh, that Jessica Jones villain, although he was I don't know, kind of lame, he was still. Pretty that was scary. David Tennant, right? Yeah. 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 Dude, that, he he did a great job. That yeah. put the bullet in your head mm-hmm. scene was tense, yo. Like <laughs> yeah. the chick like pulls it out and like puts a bullet in her mouth and says, It's in your head. You did what he said. You did what he said. Like, man, that whole scene was like super tense. Really well yeah. done. Man, yeah. and if you yeah, have a great example of, of straight domination, like I'm pretty sure those are still on Netflix too. Yeah, I I would I would recommend them. I mean, even if they're not canon anymore, they were. Each season was really well done. I mean, they might not be the greatest shows we've seen, but they were the the beginning of the TV versions of the MCU. Okay, for sure. They some of them were really good, like. What is their total like? If you lump them all together, there's like seven, eight seasons to watch. If you like, put them all together, like yeah, some of them were really top notch. Some of them were a little lackluster. Yeah, Daredevil always was good. Punisher was good. Um, the Defenders was even a pretty cool little series, um, even though yeah. Iron Fist was like not. Iron know, Fist. Kind of... they... Kind of brought that show down. <laughs> yeah, they kind of dropped the ball on that one, I think. Um, um, so my next note here is Drunk Loki is a fun Loki. And there's a complete reference <laughs> to the original Thor where he screams, Another! And slams the glass on the ground. Yeah. Um, that was a wonderful reference. Roy? Josh, I just, I really want to point out my note right here is Drunk Loki is fun Loki. For real? For real, that is Here. that's crazy. Here you go, look. Drunk Loki, <laughs> Drunk Loki is a fun is Loki. Fun Loki. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I have written down. I don't have another written after it. I liked uh, sheer joy uh, on Sylvie's face for fighting, though. Uh, oh yeah. As soon as sure. she realizes there's going to be a fight, she smiles and pulls the crown off. You know, yeah. it's yeah, like she uses the crown as a weapon. You know, that's why the horn's missing. Yeah. Yeah, she's a brawler. She's a she's a badass for sure. Um, I liked how the guard asks Loki for his tickets, and he's too drunk to remember what he's doing, and so he shows him the fireworks from (laughs) the conversation earlier. And they're like, "Oh, well, I guess we're gonna fight now." And so they get into the brawl. Yeah. Go on. What were you gonna say, Chip? another time when like are you really the god of mischief like you can't you can't produce like a forged ticket like i mean i get he hasn't seen a ticket so he doesn't know what he's forging so like it's forgivable but like come on man 
I, I would say it's still mischievous because I mean he is getting drunk. He's causing a party when they should be serious. You know, he's causing trouble, which is what mischief is. Well, that's yeah. true. Um it was a pretty cool fight scene. I couldn't help but um criticize the costumes again. They were just all so I mean I don't know, I feel like you could see the zipper in the backs of some of them, but like I digress. <laughs> Um, they end up getting thrown out of the window. So first, first thing that happens is, look, you're traveling on a, on a train really fast, right? Mm-hmm. And they throw one guy out the window, and about three seconds later, Loki gets thrown out the window. And then about ten seconds later, Lady Loki jumps out the window to go catch the, the time pad, right? If that train is moving that fast, there's no way that Sylvie is that close to Loki when she jumps out of the window. And also, where did that other guard go? That's, that, that's just a bad overlook, in my opinion, for them. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it falls to Chip's uh, theory theory about it being a an enchantment. But Which could be because... Because as they're, you know, gathering their shit here, they're picking up all their stuff and putting it in a backpack to have it all together. They are realizing that the quote unquote time pad is quote unquote broken. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys think the time pad is actually broken? I don't know. Like he pulled it out. Like it looks like he pulls it out of his pocket, but then he like appears it in his hand by magic. So like what? I don't know. I part of me feels like it is an illusion. Like he's trying to gauge what she's going to do. If she still thinks that they're just completely fucked at this point, like if they're even more fucked. Yes. You know, um, and I, I had to, I, I had to shush Jesse in the, in the room because I was going to bring this point up later. But it is a very good point that um, Loki could be making her think that there's no reason for them to live, and so she's going to spill the beans on her entire plan, and then he's going to be like, "Ah, tricked ya! Guess what? Got a mischief over here. Okay, let's yeah. go." So, I am very, I'm. <laughs> 99% sure that that time pad is not broken and that he's just going to will them out at the end here. Hmm. Um, is that, I, I don't know. That, that, could just, that could just be me. But now they decide that they're going to hijack the Ark, mm-hmm. which was a really funny scene. Chip, tell us a little bit about this scene. I know you enjoyed it. Well... I liked the, uh, well, first, like, they were already heading to the Ark. Like, the train was going to take them to the Ark because they needed a power source to, like, charge the Tempad. So I think whether it's broken or not, it's still going to need charged somehow. But, um... No, they were trying I, to get there so they really could take liked... the ship. It was, it was them saying, Loki was like... You know, why don't we just get to the Ark? And and this is when Sylvie reveals. No, no, I mean that's why oh, they were on the train because they were go- they they oh. were on the train to go to the Ark so they could like uh, fill the battery of the Tempad. But then when they get thrown out, it gets broken. So even if it's not broken, they still have to like get it charged. But um, 
they decide they decide they're gonna go hijack the uh, ship instead because like it never makes it off the planet, but it's never had two Lokis on it. <laughs> so yeah, so I I just really loved it when Loki was like, "Well, let's go hijack that thing," and she just okay, just like zero <laughs> yeah. convincing required. Just like okay, and stands up and all right, let's roll well, out. Well, they're both hedonists. They love yeah. trouble and they love de- debauchery. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think uh, Loki was a little surprised that uh, she was so just like, all right, whatever, let's do it. He's like, uh, really? Okay. I guess we're going to try it. Um, so this is uh, on their way there. Um, this is the one clue in this episode that you get from the about the TVA about what's actually going on. This is the one thing you get. And it's just one line that um, Sylvie says where they're talking about the TVA and she's mocking Loki for going and working for them. And she finally reveals that every person working in the TVA is a variant, a time variant that's been pulled out of their time to work for the TVA just Mm -hmm. like Loki right now pulled out of whatever he's mischief he's getting into and now he's working for the TVA so Mm, he's a consultant yeah he's not work yes (laughs) I yeah okay I like that sure um Roy what are your what were your thoughts about this revelation here um the revelation about it um to me, it, it sparked all kinds of ideas and more questions immediately because uh, one of the things that Loki says to her right after is, wait, they were created by the timekeepers is what he was told. Mm-hmm. And then when she says that, he's like, they don't even know that they're variants. Right. Which is what we were kind of talking about earlier that maybe she couldn't affect a uh, TVA agent because they already have some kind of potentially mind control on them. Which would make sense yes. for sure. It would, Chip, it what would, were your... Sorry. I was going to say it would just take something stronger, but it also got me thinking, this is why Mobius has a fascination with jet skis is because maybe his branch in the timeline was he was never supposed to ride one, but he actually got on one and now he's here. Maybe. Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting theory. I mean, um, Chip, what, what were your initial thoughts on this whole revelation of everyone's a variant and not created by the timekeepers? I mean, thought it made sense like i don't know i thought all of them being created by the timekeepers was kind of flimsy because none of them look the same and like yeah if you're just if you're just creating like a mindless force to like work for you like who cares what they look like just make them all generic you make putties yeah. you like reader repulsion make putties, putties there like, you go <laughs> That, that is hilarious. Um, so I thought I it was know. like an I, interesting confirmation. Yeah, I I kind of thought there was a little bit more confirmation there. 
thing. I think it was and the... immediately. Sorry, immediately after after they had mentioned that um, they're all variants, I was like, oh, oh shit, it's time for Kang Watch. <laughs> That's kind of where I fell into there i was like oh it's totally kang all of them all of them are kang that's that's what's going on this is kang watch time so you think that's a possibility it's a possibility i mean (laughs) i for me i think the biggest possibility out of this is uh them escaping lamentus and telling uh loki telling mobius and mobius actually turning against the time lords and helping Loki, I think that's how the rest of the series is kind of going to go down. That makes sense. Um, so initially, you know, we've been kind of saying that the, the TVA are the villains, which is kind of true. Mm-hmm. Um, but Owen Wilson doesn't know he's the villain. So no one who's ever bad is really bad and no one who is ever good is really good. What a great <laughs> callback to episode one or two. Whatever that was. Um, now, after we learn that revelation, they just immediately go into pure chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, I loved Sylvie's line where she said, Are you with me? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, all right, because this is going to suck. <laughs> and boy, did it. Um Speaking of Daredevil, we were talking about this scene earlier. There's a nice one-shot scene here. Um, They basically walk into the city. Everything starts falling apart. Um, It's pure chaos. And then the moon starts breaking up. The the scenery, like Roy was saying, is absolutely breathtaking. It's incredible. The – did they – I mean – I don't know how they made it look so good. Even the second time watching, I was like, there has to be – some sort of signs of you know the cgi or the green screen but they did a really good job hiding it um i think some of that has to do with the contrast of the planet and what the colors all were and stuff like that um but chip what were your thoughts about just the chaotic ending to this episode it was awesome like i i loved this whole last scene when they get into the city um, like when they're, they're walking through like the tunnel, he, he's like, uh, I just need to know if I can trust you. And, uh, she's like, you can, and you do. And, uh, that's oh, man. the like scramble. As soon as they, uh, as soon as you hear the announcement for, uh, five minutes until launch, the whole crowd like goes crazy and starts rioting. They start mm-hmm. like having to book it. Um, the planet, like when the planet actually like breaks up right overhead, like halfway through the like running scene, like that was incredible. Um, really sick visuals. Um, and uh, God, yeah, I loved it. It was really awesome. And that's where your, uh, that's where your costume budget went. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why sure. you had to look at uh Cylon Smurfs is cause uh, Loki's like, moving buildings with his mind apparently yeah that's uh jesse just asks um was that telekinesis or a stolen time stone roy what say you i that is really hard because watching that scene it didn't catch me by surprise i did rewind a little bit and go and look at it and all the debris that falls with the building 
goes back to. It's not just the stone going up <laughs> to hold long enough for them to go away. He put the building back. Yeah, he doesn't like just he throw it away. Like, yeah, it goes back into place. And like, yeah, I agree. It we, does look rather timey. Yeah, and we know he had his hand in Casey's cart. So, yeah. The, the big thing about it is we know Loki has telekinesis, so we know that he can move it. But we've never seen anything that big in any of the MCU yet of him moving like that. So that, that really stuck out to me that that is a huge possibility that he has the time stone on him. And maybe that's how he's going to reset this after they botched the getting to the uh, getting to the ship. Maybe he, because he doesn't look he went at the end of the episode. He does look like he's a little bit in shock that they didn't make it, but he doesn't look terrified. Well, Sylvie basically throws up her arms and starts to walk off like, well, we're dead. He doesn't look like he's resigned to dying yet. I think that's a very interesting point that he could have a time stone. I personally do not think he has a time stone. Um, I still am on the train that he did not break the actual time pad, that that is just a ploy to get her to talk about her actual plan. Mm -hmm. um, and that'll be that scene that we all that we've talked about for months where it looks like it's him and black widow looking into the void of everything exploding and all the comets falling. That is absolutely going to be in the next episode. And it's going to be them talking about whatever things they want to get off their chest. And once he finally gets what he wants, he's going to be like, Oh, surprise, let's get out of here. I'll help you do this. So yeah. I, I, I still think that's, that's, what they're going to do with that. I completely agree with that. My only thing with that is after they get done talking and he finds that out, I think that he has the time stone. That is the best point to rewind back before they go through the temp pad. Yeah. Because be like then he has all the information and he's still cognitive of it. Right. Yeah, and, and God, they're messing with time in this. They can do whatever the hell mm -hmm. they want. So, and we already know that anything. Loki. We know that Loki can handle a time a uh, Infinity Stone because he handles the Tesseract continuously. Mm -hmm. Um. Now this was different when we saw the Guardians handling the Power Stone. I mean, it took all of them to hold it. So Loki has the ability to at least control one infinity stone at a time. Well, that's true. I mean, I feel like that's the point of the Tesseract. That's why it's not just the space stone because it's the space stone is contained within the Tesseract. So was Thanos able to hold it with his bare hands because he's Thanos because he's a Titan yeah. or something? I mean, he hold like you know he holds it for a moment, but like it's all it's the gauntlet. The gauntlet's what's letting him hold the gems. And even when he gets it, he gets the tesseract and he crushes it and pulls out the space stone. So like Loki never right. touches the space stone itself. He's holding the tesseract, right. and he's got the mind stone in the uh, in the scepter, so he's never touching it. So I don't right. know. Which then is envisioned, and then 
Thanos just pulls it out of vision. But you're you're right. With with other stones, I'm sure it's more that he's just able to hold on to stones. Um this this episode basically leaves us on a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. And I I'm all about it. So it was a shorter episode. It was only I think 36 minutes plus six minutes of credits. Which yeah. is crazy. But um it was the shortest episode of the season so far. But one of the most poignant, I think it had the most character development, it had the most um stakes, it had the most backstory for you know both characters so i think this is that episode that we always talk about where you know you get you get everything and then right after this shit's just gonna pop off so um are there any other notes that you guys wanted to cover from this episode or any other things that you wanted to bring up let's start with chip gosh um Man, not a gosh, really not a lot that we didn't mention. I don't think. Um, God, I did. I really liked the uh, <laughs> final scene where, like, oh no, I I I did I did actually like kind of disagree with Roy there. Like at that final scene when like it when like the piece of the planet comes in and hits the arc. Uh, I feel like he's like looking up in disbelief because he's like, because he's like he can't believe that he failed and he's gonna die. So like I almost feel like that's like a genuine reaction from him. I, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm excited for the next episode. Like it'll be really interesting to see how they write them out of this. It's a good point. Well, it could be the obvious too, where. Here comes Owen Wilson, and he's like, "Hey, you guys got trapped in an apocalypse again. Oh, here, let's get out of here. You're under arrest." <laughs> yeah, Roy. What about you? Did you have any other notes or anything you wanted to say? I did have a note, but it doesn't pertain to the episode as much as the credits. Um, okay. I was watching them, and something that stuck out is uh, a little bit after the uh, you see the woman, the feminine hands typing on the computer it splits over to what looks like a logbook and there is a saying in the logbook that kind of just struck me as odd and it says week by week is the way to save obey that impulse a part of all of you earn is yours to save it just that is like so random that I feel like Maybe it's propaganda to keep them mm. going, but a part all of you earn is yours to save. So, like, maybe they get pieces of their life back the longer they serve the TVA, like memory-wise or something, or I don't That's know. Weird. Yeah. It's just, it's right in the middle of the book. It is clear as day. And then they have a bunch of like balances and tallies for like dates, locations, all that kind of stuff. Like maybe the more, the more you're saving, the more you're earning, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you, maybe there's the potential they're telling them you'll get your life back. I, 
Hmm. That's weird though, because they don't think like they don't even know that they've lost their life. So like, how do you? I know it that they don't know exists. I know the way it's the way it's phrased is just it's weird, but it's, yeah, it's definitely odd. there. Take a look. Um, I can try and screenshot it at some point for you guys, but yeah, for sure. Um, was there anything else from that? Otherwise, we're going to move on to our next segments. That's it. All right. That's cool. all I got. Um, so as everybody knows, um, we do have some segments here for the last bit of our show. Um, I have a couple bumpers. Um, this, this first segment is called Casey's Cart, which is where we take our favorite shots and lines from each show and share them with you guys. So we're going to start with... That's right. It's this week's shot of the show. And if you recognize that bumper, it is because it is from the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop show that airs every Friday at 8.30 Mountain Time. Um, this season, we're talking all about Cowboy Bebop and i've never seen it so it's it's been a, it's been a good ride uh, make sure to check that out again every friday at eight o'clock eight sorry eight thirty mountain time sudden but inevitable so casey's cart we're gonna start and this one is for jesse too i wanted to do this for jesse because he wanted us to show this but we are going to start with chip on your shot of the show which i'm bringing up right now um here it is tell us about this shot and why you like it so much <laughs> you know i touched on it it's like that's the final it's the final few seconds of the episode right before sylvie like just turns around and defeat starts slumping away uh but it's just like the look of shock and disbelief on their faces because they're pretty hosed yeah I mean, I feel like I don't know. Every, I can never tell everyone him, around him you can too. never trust him. Yeah, you can never trust him though, or his facial expressions, or, or anything about him. So that could be fake too. I, <laughs> it could. I don't know, but you are right. This this is definitely the look of two. Well, an entire group of defeated people that know that their end is very near um that moon cracking was no joke mm -hmm. it was one of the coolest scenes that we've ever gotten for sure um but also the piece of it hitting the ship and then watching that was a really cool scene as well yeah. so that's, yeah that is a wonderful choice for the shot of the show Roy, we're going to move on to your shot now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this shot here? So it's exactly what I said earlier. The The scenery in this, along with the, the soundtrack they have playing, is just, it sets the entire mood. And every shot that we get of the moon this episode, it's literally closer and you get more detail. And like here, you can see that huge chunks have coming off. And then we see this huge chunk that does not match the landscape. So this is like them walking past a asteroid, in my opinion. 
that's already come off of it because you can see the moon yeah. still has its gravitational pull yeah. as your uh there's little rocks floating around it which sylvie did mention uh gravity quakes which oh, is God. basically the closer it gets it's going to start tearing chunks from this world as well towards it um and then the streaks that are coming down they you know it's like wishing upon a star except you're gonna yeah. die soon um, you know i was i was talking about majora's mask earlier and if you look right here there's an eye there's an eye and there's a mouth right there that's <laughs> totally the majora's mask moon look at that shit that's incredible um those of you listening in and i forgot to mention this and i apologize but those of you listening in um chip shot of the show is at marker 35 58 35 minute 58 second mark roy's is at the 13 minute and 16 second mark it is when you can see everything basically it's it's a really cool shot let's let's bring that back up again here oh maybe not dang it dang no and i agree i think that i think that's a good catch i didn't uh I didn't really like notice before, but uh, I think you're right. It is definitely like drastically different color. I would say that is a big chunk of the moon that's fallen already. So good catch. I didn't notice that mm. before. Yeah. Excellent shot of the show, Roy. I'm going to go on to mine, which was this. I just think this is, it's an amazing background for my computer and I, literally might set this as my background because this is such an amazing shot from the show yeah um <clears throat> this one comes from let me find it again minute marker 2333 and it i don't know you see the train going through the canyon you see a mm -hmm. big chunk of the moon that's falling down um and i i don't know man it's just it's a it's a great great scene and i thought I, I thought i'd have to pick that one <laughs> and that that right there actually kind of confirms uh, for me it confirms the piece of the moon landing hmm. because yeah. the way this it's not a huge wiping everything out kind of explosion which makes you think that maybe gravity is a little bit different because right. of the moon being so close maybe it didn't cause as much of an impact um until the whole uh, world and moon collapse together. So right. I, and the funny part is that's after my time mark. So we know that that piece is not yeah, unless well, they I mean, edited their show wrong. No, this one, like I didn't, I took it right before. Cause this rock right here is falling to the surface. Oh, I know. So there's like debris coming up right here. Mm -hmm. So I think the one that you're referencing would have would have already fallen previously because yeah. everything and, had been settled around it and everything like that. So I don't, I don't think it. That's what I'm saying is maybe maybe they reuse some of the cuts from after the train event. Sure. For the previous. Okay. And it just looks that way. I, I mean, yeah. it's a good reuse if they did. Yeah, for sure um okay so next up on casey's cart we have lines our favorite lines of the show um i don't have a bumper for this part yet but chip why don't you go ahead and give us your favorite line of this week's episode okay do you have one did you okay. have one 
Oh. No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You like tricked she, uh, you. Just uh, Sylvie's like instant agreement. Like, yeah, let's hijack spaceship. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I, good yeah, I, I liked that scene. That was a it. that was a good line. <laughs> yeah. Roy, what's your line for this week's show? What's your favorite line? My line kind of made me feel like a callback to Tony Stark um, when Steve asks him what makes him so great, and he's like, philanthropist, playboy, billionaire. Uh, when Sylvie asks Loki, yeah, what exactly makes a Loki a Loki? And he says, independence, authority, and style. <laughs> It, it just yeah. it, for me it was a callback to tony except for from a god's point of view right yeah that's awesome i like that a lot um all right so my line was the obvious one that i'm sure everybody tried to choose but i called it uh hours before we even went live i said hey guys i get the love is a dagger line and this is my favorite line loki is talking to sylvie when he's all drunk um, on the train, Sylvie asks him what he thinks love is. Um, and well, I guess she asks him before he gets drunk what, what he thinks love is. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to drink a little bit more. So after he gets drunk, he finally tells her, I have an answer to your question. Love is a dagger. It's a weapon to be wielded far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. I thought that and I, I didn't. I didn't finish that quote because it kind of trails off uh, that for the first part of that quote is incredible. The second part of that quote is like drunk Loki, which is funny. <laughs> but again, I think the first part of that was the most poignant and definitely like a poetic thing for Loki to say, you know, I, I never, I never thought of him as such a poet, but he, uh, he definitely did a good job. He could he could probably write some emo songs, I think. I feel like that is a total emo song right there. Yeah, I was going to ask when his acoustic album drops. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be season two, you know. Se- season one is the writing process. Season two is the album drop and tour. So that, that, that's going to be my guess. But... Um, excellent. Those, those were great picks for Casey's cart. Um, I think you guys know what time it is. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. 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 This is a nice boat. That's right. This is a nice (laughs) boat. It's time for the wow factor. This is the part of the show where we rate the episode. We give it one through 10 wows um roy let's start with you what are you gonna rate this episode how many wows are you gonna give it i'm gonna give this uh this episode uh 7.5 a little bit lower than what you know i have been giving it and i feel <laughs> i feel <laughs> i'm making that I, a meme yeah so i feel like the the episode being shorter kind of hurt it in my opinion i mean yes it was beautiful there was uh, a ton of character development to it um a lot of new views on characters in a lot of different ways but for me it kind of left me a little empty 
for I felt like going in, I got two answers to questions I had, but now I have eight more questions. And I feel like the the ratio of answering questions to getting answers is not... I feel like I needed a little more clarity per episode. Like, just something. And I don't feel like I really got it this episode. I, I feel like I got two golden nuggets and the rest of the mine was empty. All right. So Roy's keep talking. Gonna I'm going to give you two five. golden nuggets. Chip, Chip, why don't you go ahead and give your, your uh, wow rating for this week? 11 out of 10. This is the best episode that Disney has ever produced in the Marvel canon. It was so on point for me um like the the fighting scenes at the beginning were good like sylvie's a badass she like beats the crap out of six of them like no sweat ravana shows up she's about to take him out i don't know the planet was so well done like all the cgi was like incredible (laughs) all the character interactions i dug it dude and that Dude, the climax, man, that final scene, the final like five or ten minutes of the episode was like probably better than the whole show that we just finished reviewing. So like I yeah. I'm on board. Uh, Ask me more questions and answer them in the final episode and I'll be happy. <laughs> so I am gonna go ahead and I'm not gonna fully agree with Chip on this, but I am giving this the highest score episode out of all of them. I'm giving this nine wows out of ten. Um, and so if you even out Chip and my rating, that would make Chip and my rating both a ten. So by default, Chip and I rated this episode ten. Um, I cannot disagree with you more, Roy. I think the whole point of this episode was to bring up more questions. I think the whole reason that we got this backstory was to make sure that we knew the characters that we were maybe going to lose soon. And I don't know, man, the chemistry between these two characters was incredible. Um, I will say, I'll, I'll give you some, some, I'll agree with you on the fact that on my first watch through at the end, I was like, Gosh, that left me with so many questions. On my second watch through, I realized, man, I'm kind of being a Marvel fanboy priss about this because that's what they're supposed to do is give us more questions. They're not supposed to answer everything for us in the third episode. Quit being, quit being such a whiny, give me everything I want Marvel boy. So that's not- why I raised it up to a nine. <laughs> I, we waited you know, 10 I, I, years for Avengers. You can wait three more episodes for some answers. You son right, of a... Right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not saying that I want like all the answers up front or anything like that. I I gave it a 7.5 because the, it was good cinematography. There was great landscaping, music. The character development was good. All of that was great. It's just <laughs> the majority... For being such a short episode, I feel like the eps- at least like 12 minutes to 13 minutes of it was just straight fighting. Okay? Which is fine, but that's... I don't think that's true at all. 
You don't you know think what? so? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and by next week's episode, I'm gonna write this down right now in my Marvel notes. By next week's okay. episode, I'm gonna find out the exact amount of minutes that was spent on fight scenes. I remember this, I said 12 to 13 minutes because yeah, oh, we got I'm running fight down scene down at the beginning. We got fight, fight scene five. in the middle. We got long <laughs> fight scene at the end. What fight scene? At the, the when they're running through the city. The that wasn't a fight scene. That is a they, fight they scene. Fight guards. That's not a fight scene. That's are them running kidding? for their Punches lives. Punches are thrown. Uh, people are Punches are thrown because they got to get people out of their way. Thrown. It's not them getting in an actual <laughs> fight. If a punch is thrown, it's a fight. It is Wait, a there was choreo- There was choreography involved. It was a fight. <laughs> it was a combat that was disguised as a skill challenge. Initiative was rolled. Okay? <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> I think what what you're saying is there was 12 to 13 minutes of action scenes, not necessarily fight scenes, but more action scenes, which I would agree with that statement. Um, But again, I think for them to to put all of this backstory and development in the shortest episode of the season is great, because that means that for the last two episodes, we're going to get nothing but action and answers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Jesse says if you can see the sky, it's an establishing shot. So really we just had a lot of establishing shots this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm just still upset that they, you know, maybe Sylvie's power broker. I don't know yet. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been a wonderful show. Um, I don't have anything else other than that. Did you guys have anything else? I'm good. I'm done talking to this kid. We can end it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode issue of Marvel Canon Madness. Um, we don't have any trailers to play at the end of this show. I apologize. Um, but next week we will uh, be here. Blame Marvel. Same. Where's the uh, no? Oh, sorry, blame Marvel. Where's the No Way Home trailer? Mm. they're waiting for the correct episode of Loki to drop, which could be any episode now. Um, but that being said, we are the Marvel Can of Madness podcast. Thank you all for watching. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm Chip. And I'm Roy. We'll talk to you next week. Same great time. Same great place. Thank you for listening to Marvel Canon Madness. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel Canon Madness. Send us your questions and theories on Twitter at MCM underscore pod and on Instagram at Marvel Canon Madness. Watch and chat live at twitch.tv slash TMA games or youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast. Marvel Canon Madness is a twist my arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.